This message was recorded at Devoted, a Christ Central Festival for all the family. To find out more about Devoted, please visit devotedevent.org. Okay, well, good afternoon, everyone. Great to have you with us again this afternoon. Uh, just a quick recap for those of you who are with us for the first time this afternoon. We started on Friday looking at this question uh, out of John 4 about uh, Jesus speaking about the fact that the Father is looking for worshipers and uh, that there is... Uh, that, that we worship in relationship with the Father and we do it in spirit and in truth. And so on Friday, uh, we talked about truth and we spent some time singing psalms. And then yesterday, uh, we talked about worshiping in the spirit. And uh, we sang uh, in the spirit and we began to step into or press into uh, things of the Spirit in worship. There's obviously so much more to go, and we're going to try and get a, a little bit into building this way today. Um, but before I get into that, I want to just remind you of the phone number. Uh, if you want to ask questions, uh, if you don't have that phone number, it's 07545-348-898. So does anyone need me to read that again? No, we've all got it. Great. Wonderful. Okay, let me pray quickly and then let's get started. Father, we thank you for the wonder of knowing God. Coming away to a conference where we have this afternoon, we're not so much talking about techniques, about how to do things, but we're coming with awe and wonder to this magnificent, holy, mighty, glorious Father who welcomes us into his presence with such love and affection and joy and delight. And we, we pray that you would speak to our hearts uh, and help us today uh, and, and, and as we go forward just to find great joy and delight in worshiping you, in engaging with you, uh, and ultimately in building churches that do that. So, Holy Spirit, we just in, invite you to move among us this afternoon uh, to catch us up with all that you're doing. In your wonderful name we pray it. Amen. Amen. Okay. So, um, I want to just talk a little bit about how we build some of these things more as a uh, an ongoing reality rather than uh, just... Uh, a um, coming away to a conference where we have an opportunity to sing psalms, where we have a, an opportunity to, to press into the things of the Spirit. We want to be building this as the norm for our church life. Uh, we want to be building charismatic worship. And when we use that word charismatic, uh, all too often that becomes, charismatic becomes, well, we now have drums and we now have modern instrumentation. Uh, but actually, it's the word charismatic simply means that the gifts of grace, the gifts of the Spirit, the, uh, that which the Spirit empowers are present among us. We want to build churches which have healthy worship lives, which are charismatic. And um, in that sense, our goal, if you could have one goal for worship, our goal for worship is the presence of God. It's to be with Him. 
It's to encounter Him. And everything else flows from that. We can uh, talk about the joy of, of uh, preaching on the back of worship. There's benefit to that. We can talk about warfare in worship. There's, there's, we do warfare. We, we can talk about the fuel that worship gives to us. But ultimately, our goal is none of those things. Those are all the benefits that spin off. Our goal is the presence of God. And uh, in Ephesians 2, uh, 19 to 22, uh, Paul talks about this temple that, that, that Jesus is building. And Peter does the same in 1 Peter uh, 2, verse 4 to 10. Both of them talk about this idea that Jesus is building a temple and official rituals. And so as you came to own life to life, life to life, but this temple that's built out of these living stones is going to hold or it's going to be the place where people encounter the presence of God. And so if we go right back into the Old Testament, we find the people of Israel in slavery in Egypt, God bringing them out through the Exodus, out through the Red Sea, and into the wilderness. And the first thing God does, He brings them to Sinai, and He establishes His presence among them. And so if you were an Israelite, of course, you could walk outside your tent any moment of the day, and you could look, and you could say, look, God is in the midst of us. You could point to this pillar of cloud by day and this pillar of fire by night. And you could say, God is in the midst of us. He's in, he's in the camp. And God's people are to be this camp in that sense that God inhabits. And um, as, as Moses then institutes worship around the tabernacle, uh, we find that what he does is he begins to uh, set in place the sacrificial rituals. And so as you worship, you would bring your calf or your, your goat or your uh, sheep or your bull, uh, and you would come out of compliment that lovers could do the work of offering that as a sacrifice. You would bring your offering, uh, but then you would watch as the priest did everything else for you. And we find a real shift that happens as David's tabernacle comes along. David introduces this whole idea of participative worship. And, uh, and so now you bring your sacrifice. You bring your animal to be sacrificed. And the priests still do the actual sacrificial work for you on your behalf. But now you enter in. Uh, to singing, to dancing, to celebrating, to engaging with God in the process of that sacrifice being offered. And so we're we're seeing, in one sense, uh, bits of the picture starting to come together in terms of what God is going to build together in the New Testament. And I love C.S. Lewis's reflections on the Psalms. He says this, he says, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy Because the praise not merely expresses, but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. It is not out of compliment, keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete until it is expressed. It is frustrating to have to discover a new author and not to be able to tell anyone how good he is. 
to come suddenly at the turn of a road upon some mountain valley of unexpected grandeur and, and then to have to keep silent because the people that you're traveling with care for it no more than a tin can in a ditch or to hear a good joke and find no one to share it with. The Scotch Catechism says that man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. But we shall then know that these are the same thing. Fully to enjoy is to glorify. In commanding us to glorify Him, God is inviting us to enjoy Him, to delight in Him. Just think that's such a wonderful, as we come to worship, there's an invitation from God, come enjoy me, come and delight in me. And so as we come into the New Testament, we find that in that sense, we're no longer bringing the sacrifice. Because the sacrifice has been paid once and for all. And the blood of a perfect lamb ushers us in. And, uh, and now the, the curtain in the heart of the temple is torn open and a new temple is being built. And Jesus is living in a new people by His Spirit. And we are a, a, a people who enter in with a confidence that we'd never had. The writer of Hebrews tells us we come by this new and living way into the presence of God to worship Him and delight in Him and enjoy Him. And so there are, there are four New Testament passages that particularly help us with this understanding of, of what it means to worship. We've talked quite a lot about John 4. 1 Corinthians 14, Paul is addressing uh, the church in Corinth and some issues in their ways of, of their meetings, correcting some things. One of the things he says is, he says, What then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. And let all things be done for the building up. And so here we find this sense of the priesthood of all believers, that Paul's expectation is that among all of them, among every single one, there is something that the Holy Spirit is putting within us to bring. And in Colossians 3 verse 12, and as I read this, listen for the intermingling of uh, Paul's heart for community and the way worship infuses this community. He says, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And so we find this 
wonderful sense of this community that's being built, these lives that are being built together, but it's infused with worship. And it's not just infused with worship in the sense that we're coming on a Sunday, we're coming uh, to a meeting where we will worship. No, there is gratitude, there are songs being sung, there are hymns, there is an encouragement to one another in the warp and woof of this, the life of this community that is ongoing. It's, it's full-time worship happening in the people of God. And one of the things just to point out is uh, when Paul says uh, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, uh, that translation of that phrase, spiritual songs, actually would be far better translated songs of the Spirit, Songs of the Spirit. He doesn't mean that there are some songs that are unspiritual and some songs that are spiritual. He means there is as if singing psalms and hymns was unspiritual and then you get the spiritual songs. No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying you sing psalms and hymns and songs that come from the Spirit. Songs that the Spirit is bringing up. So that might be, as we did yesterday, in tongues. Uh, It might be uh, interpretations. It might be prophetic songs. It might be, as we did on the first day, where we had some uh, psalms that we were singing out. It was like God just highlighted some lines in some of those things. And there was a sense of prophetic revelation that was coming through as we were using those. And so actually we ended up ministering to one another out of that. So we find this real sense of uh, this community life that's built around worship. And I want to make a plea, particularly if you are uh, an elder here or a worship leader, it's not just our Sunday meetings that are really important for this. And I think Joss made the point well yesterday, uh, and maybe Lou also commented on this, that we're not just looking for the platform moments. We're not just looking for the Sunday. We're looking for our own personal expression, but we're also looking uh, for that, those places like the small group where, uh, I don't know about you, but I remember we started, uh, we joined a small group in our church and I was dismayed to discover that they were putting on YouTube videos to worship to. And, uh, and, and, and oh, dearie me, just kill me right now. It was just dreadful. And so, so you'd have seven people standing around with a television screen and Hillsong or something like that playing a seven-minute song. And, and, you know, when the guitar solo comes on, everyone's kind of standing there awkwardly looking at each other. It just had no sense whatsoever of that interacting, uh, spirit-led, songs being started, uh, tongue being brought, prayers being prayed, uh, which actually in a small group context is so great to foster because that's where we learn. That's where we learn how to prophesy. That's where we learn. Uh, For us, I don't think Sundays is a great context for learning how to prophesy. Uh, It's an intimidating meeting. Um, But in your small group, you can do that. And in a prayer meeting, that's a great context for these things. So where we're working out love and kindness and joy and community, that's a great place to also be working out charismatic worship, working out what does it mean to be engaging with one another. And, and, And then what happens is as we build that in our individual lives, in our small group lives, Sunday becomes this outflow, this outpouring of what's going on in the week. 
And we're not coming on a Sunday and thinking, oh, can we drum something up here? No, it's an outpouring of something that's already going on in the life of the church. And so in Ephesians 5, uh, Paul writes, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Then he talks about the impact of what that is. Addressing one another. What does it look like? Addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and here it is again, spiritual songs. Songs of the Spirit. Singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Giving thanks always and for everything to to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then what we find, of course, is that where does, it go, where does he go in the rest of Ephesians? Well, how does this kind of submittedness to Christ, this worshiping life, it impacts marriages, it impacts parenting, it impacts the way we handle employment and our working life. Now, as we've sought to build this on a, on a local level with our church uh, in Vancouver, Uh, We started our church plant and we said, we are going to go for charismatic worship. We're going to hear God. We're going to make space for the gifts. And I don't know if you've ever tried to start this off. Uh, It's hard work and there are some pain barriers to get through. So I remember the first week, uh, well, early, I, I don't know whether it was the first week, but certainly in the early days, uh, we had a time of worship, and then I opened it up. Okay, does anyone feel like God's uh, giving them something to bring to us as a church? And there's kind of silence, silence, silence. And I'm thinking, I know there are some Christians in this room, so uh, I'm sure somebody's going to bring something. I know God's speaking, but uh, hoping someone's going to be bold. And then this guy pipes up. He says, I, uh, I don't believe there's only one way to God." Uh, I think there are many ways to get to God. I'm thinking, oh, Jesus, please give me a Christian uh, to speak at this moment. So I said, thank you, my friend. It's uh, so great to have you here. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. He got up and he walked out. I thought, oh, no, that wasn't what we were wanting. Uh, Then, then, then. You know, maybe a week or two later, uh, we open it up again. We'd opened it up the week before, and I think it'd gone sort of okay. Uh, and then we, we open it up again, and, 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 you know, has anybody got anything Jesus putting on your heart? And there's this guy who's just walked into the meeting. He's got this massive afro. He's got shades on, and, and he smells like um, he's been in a, in a marijuana bonfire for the last few weeks. And, 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 and he sort of starts bobbing up and down. And he starts, we got to sing gospel. we got to sing gospel. we got to sing gospel. And he, start, and he starts poking. And I'm th- thinking, okay, this is not what we were after. Okay, uh, thanks, my friend. So great to have you singing out like that. Uh, we're just going list- to focus and hear from Jesus right now. So, and uh, so he gets up and he walks out. Obviously, uh, we weren't gospel enough for him. And, uh, and then so, a week later, just open it up and... Uh, <laughs> at this point, it's like, Lord Jesus, please just... 
forgive us. And, and, and then this guy at the back says, well, I was in Burnaby Hospital and the Satanists came and they started dry. I said, thanks so much, my friend. Uh, we're just wanting to hear from Jesus right now. This is from Jesus. No, no, we're just going to hear him. We're going to wait for a moment. We're just going to hear from Jesus. So... Uh, awkward sight. Fortunately, someone stepped in. Then he, he shouts out from the back, Sorry, mate. Sorry. Said, Don't worry. It's fine. We're great. We'll have connect over coffee. We're just going to take a moment to listen to. And, and, and so at this point, people are starting to come to me and say, Please, please, let's not do this anymore. Please. And, and, you know, the reality is there are pain barriers that we sometimes have to go through in fighting for these things. But, but the reality is if we will press through them uh, and we will believe God for what he says in his word, we will get there. And it's not like that anymore. <laughs> You'll be glad to know. Uh, it's, it's, it's very different. There's, there is a sense of uh, expectation and God speaking to us week after week after week. And there's, uh, we're not massively mature in this yet. Maturity takes time, but we are growing in it as a church. And so there's something that we have to foster. There's something that we have to step into. And the the last thing I just want to say um, before Ash leads us in something is, I I think with this, there is a freedom that we have to step into. And I feel like that's actually been uh, a bit of a theme that's come through this week already uh, with Jared's uh, challenge to us the other night. Um, I don't know whether you've ever come across those invisible fences for animals uh, where they, they have like a collar and they have like a, a beam around the garden fence and, 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 and the dog runs towards the road and, and they hit this invisible beam and it sends an electric shock and so the dog doesn't go. And after a little while you can switch it off because the dog will never go beyond, uh, beyond that. And, and we can be a little bit like that. It is absolutely true. Jesus has won our freedom. We are completely and utterly and totally and fully free. Now, right now, we have it all. But that doesn't mean we're living in it. That doesn't mean we're expressing it. And so there is a sense where we actually have to step into these things deliberately with boldness in obedience, choosing to, be, uh, to, to press into our freedom rather than to stay within the bounds of what we know already. And so today, I want to ask you, this is a, this is a safe environment. This is a, um, this is a great opportunity to just go for it, to do something you've not done before. This is an opportunity for you to express your freedom, to step into that and say, do you know what? I'm going to go a a little bit further. I'm going to believe God to speak to me, to speak through me, to bring something through me. And even if you don't get a chance uh, to share it now, um, who knows when it will be for, okay? So why don't we stand up together? Ash is going to lead us, and we'll uh, take it from there. As he said, this is a safe space. So we're going to have church right now. So you want to close your eyes right now. We're just going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. God, we thank you, Lord, that you are here and you are in our midst. So we say, Lord, come and have your way today.
sing out your own songs of praise, songs of adoration to him. feel you have anything, whether it be a tongue or a psalm that you want to sing out or a scripture, he's just down here in the front if you want to add something. Sing out in the spirit. Let's lift our voices.
the writer of the Hebrews says to us today, I think, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Um, I just want to bring an encouragement. Worship is rest. Worship is a way that we enter into God's rest. And as we bring the gifts of the Spirit, we help each other to enter into that worship, to enter into God's rest. And uh, it's just such a blessing when the body of Christ comes together and brings their gifts. And we all, we're all so blessed by that. So I want to encourage you, maybe slightly gentler than the uh, author of the Hebrews did. I want to encourage you, don't, don't harden your heart. Don't snuff that little flame of, oh, I think I've got something. Blow on it. Encourage it. If you got something, I just want to encourage you to bring it. I know you'll be blessed. I know that we will all be blessed. I heard his voice. I heard the voice of the Almighty. And he said to me, enter in. Enter in into the king's chambers. So God, what could I do? But to come in and fall on my knees. Oh, and in that place I heard your voice. You said I've given you destination and a purpose to live. You spoke it over me. You breathed it into life in me. And I will live in it. Oh God, I heard your voice. And I will live in the purpose you sent me in. And I will be bold. And I will sing of your glory and speak your word to God. Because you call me into your chamber. And this is what you spoke to me. And I thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Just just receive those words. (laughs) Because even though that was sung as a personal thing that's not just an individual thing just receive it the father speaking over you and just respond just be active in your response to him as father delighting speaking our purpose security delight and joy just receive it <laughs> thank you father thank you father that prayer of accepting uh, that invitation into the throne room into the glory of God I was reminded sitting in my seat a little while ago um, someone once described worship leading to me as like being a spiritual doorman standing at the, at the doorway, not saying, look at me, but saying, look at what's inside. Look at the glory. Look at the honor that these people are giving the Savior and the King of Kings. But that doesn't mean that we're called to stand outside. I feel like there are so many people here who've been faithfully pointing the way in the door for years. But I feel like God this morning, or this afternoon, wants to encourage you to get in the door. 
join the party. Feel the warmth, the love, the honor that is being bestowed upon the Father. And do not be afraid. The door will take care of itself. Don't worry about the door. Get in and join the party. Father, thank you that you welcome us with open arms. Father, thank you that your glory shines beyond the doorway. And Father, help us to immerse ourselves in the praise of your kingdom. Thank you, Father. And I would say to you that I want you to come and climb into the mountain places like the deer. I want you to come right into the mountain courts. And I want to, uh, you to experience the freedom of my presence and the freedom of my calling upon your life. As you come up into the mountain place of my presence, I want to show you a vast horizon around you of the calling that I've put upon your life. And I want to bestow my riches upon you and my jewels upon you from my presence. I just bring you out into this freedom of who you're created to be, that you're seated in the heavenly places already with Christ, and you're in freedom. It's just such a wonderful, come on up, come on up. There's such a wonderful sense of God just speaking to us right now. So if you, if you know... Uh, God's speaking to you. Why don't you just lift your hands to Him? Just say, yes, Lord. I'm coming in. I'm coming up. I don't want to be outside at the door. I don't just want to be pointing people. I want to come right in. Now, maybe that you feel like, no, I actually am just standing at the door. Why don't you also just lift your hands to Him and just say, God, I choose to come in. I choose to come in. There's a reaction. There's a responsiveness in our spirits. There's a, a decision of faith that we need to step into. Coming in. Coming in. Coming up the mountain. As we were singing, holy, holy, I started asking myself, I had a question and I said, oh God, what does your holiness mean? And it kind of scared me in a way and I thought Lord that kind of makes you seem like a very scary father in his holiness and then I just had this beautiful answer of my holiness is a resting place for you my holiness is my perfect love for you my holiness is my defense for you. My holiness is where you are rooted in. And my holiness is where your DNA is in. My holiness, that's where you're standing in a mirror and you see more than what's on the outside and more than what you don't see. So I'm not afraid to come into your presence, Lord. I'm not afraid to come into your holiness, Jesus. 
I love your presence, Lord. I love your presence, Jesus. I love your presence, Lord. I love your presence, Jesus. Thank you for the invitation to come.
I wouldn't normally do this after we've had such a beautiful tongue and uh, try to give an explanation, but that this is a workshop. And so what I want to try and do is to help that interpretation to come from somebody here. You may have never done that before, but let's just think about the language that was used. It was soft, it was gentle, the whole kind of sense of awe in the vocal inflections, the mood. So what was being created by this tongue, this language, was a sense of awesomeness, a sense of worship, a sense of majesty, all of those were there. That's what was going through my spirit and I could interpret that. But I just wonder if anybody else felt that inside and you've never done that before and you would like to have a go. It's not wrong. We can learn how to do this. So anybody feel that they could do that? Okay, there's two people coming. Oh, let's come. God, you you know it all. You you know my darkest times. You know the lowest points. Yeah, you find me there. And you take me and you place me on the mountaintop. And you open my eyes to see your glory. And the shame I feel, it lifts from me as you raise me up to your place, to your holy place, where you tell me, here is where you belong. Here is where you find home, where you find your restoration, where you find your peace. Here with me in my presence, is where I have designed you to be. No longer in the pit, no longer in your shame. Oh God, you are so good to us. God, thank you that you restore my heart from the pit to the mountain top. Thank you God for what you have done and for what you're going to do because you love me and you desire freedom for me. That's what you've done on the cross for me. Freedom and joy and release to be with you, to be where I belong. Thank you, Lord. Now, this is very unusual to have two interpretations, but we're going to go with it. Just before the tongue um, was given, um, I had this picture of a small bubbling wells, fresh wells springing up, a fresh water, refreshing water, um, like I've seen in, in, in northern Kenya, in the Kipia region. When the rains come, these wells that are deeper are refilled and they actually bubble up as a fresh spring, um, but actually it's underneath all the time, refilling. And as the tongue was given, I, I, I felt the Lord saying that, that I am a, I'm here for you a fresh water flowing continually and 
it's refreshing and blessing you and as you bring worship and it rises I will let my rivers flow the river will flow but it's coming from deep within with the fresh water fresh water from deep within you from the deep wells it's always there it will never run dry and the water will refresh you as you worship and come close to me I will bring this water this never-ending flow of water from these fresh springs that bubble up and rise up but they are always deep deep within you and they will refresh and bless you and bring you upwards and forwards Now there is an interesting phenomenon because in one sense they were quite different. Now what I would say is that the first one was an interpretation of the tongue and the second one was a prophetic response to how that tongue made the person who brought the prophecy um, brought the word. It's like there prophetic response to that and both things can go on inside of us at the same time the important thing about the interpretation of a tongue that makes it different from a prophecy is that it is an expression towards God Paul said if you speak in a tongue you speak mysteries to God and first of all we had the mystery interpreted and then it was like a prophetic response now the prophetic response can actually happen in inside of you while the tongue is being given and so we got the order right <laughs> so it's good for everything to be done decently in order but it's I just felt it would be helpful for you to ha just have that explanation it's really good it's really good Dave so I don't know whether you've noticed so there's been such a sense of progression, hasn't there? Uh, God speaking to us about not standing at a distance, not standing at the entrance, but coming in, coming in. And then out of that, the sense of the holiness of God. And with uh, on the back of that tongue about, uh, rather that um, song about the holiness of God, did you sing it or did you speak it? I forget. Doesn't matter. Um, we had this tongue um, uh, and the interpretation about this longing to be with God, this uh, sense of um, encountering, knowing God's heart for us. And then out of that, the prophetic thing of, I've got streams to bubble up within you I've got I, I want to uh, in that sense drench the land so that the wells run over so just before we there's a couple of couple to come but just before we do that I wonder whether we could just respond to that prophetic thing so it's, it's it's important that we don't just kind of rush past things but that we as God speaks to us we then respond in the moment so just even as we're here right now, this uh, uh, word about springs bubbling up, wells being filled. Why don't you just respond to God and just invite Him to fill you. Just ask Him to fill you. Just ask Him for that bubbling up. Maybe just begin to sing out in the Spirit. Let it bubble up through your vo vocal cords. Just Let's respond to Him. Let's just sing out to Him. Just 
Pavla. Just even as you're singing, just enjoy the delight of God on you and receiving His fresh grace, fresh rain from heaven, the bubbling up within you of His, uh, His joy, His hope, His peace, His gratitude. enjoy the intimacy of the moment, the Holy Spirit speaking the Father's heart into us, just delighted, just delighting in that, more of your, more of your working Holy Spirit, we just say more, more of you Lord, more of you, do all that you want to do, oh so wonderful. So wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus told his disciples to cross over, but a storm arose. But because Jesus said, cross over, they reached the other side. Jonathan, on the other hand, said to his armor bearer, perhaps God will be with us. And he went. And it's not about Jonathan, it's about God. We might think perhaps God is with us, but God is saying, no, he is with you. So step up, step out in faith. Even in your perhaps, God is there waiting for you. And so just to complete where this, this journey we've been on over these last few minutes, then there is a, a sense of God speaking to us, reminding us of promises and reminding us about going. Reminding us about it's not just to stay, it's not just to stay in His presence, though we could spend more time, we could be in this place for longer. There's always that sense of God saying, okay, now go. It's as Isaiah comes into the presence of God and he hears, he begins to hear the voice of God, who will go for us, who shall we send? And, uh, and, and as I begins to find this resonating in his own heart, here I am, send me. And so for, for us right now, just uh, knowing God is with us. God is with us. God is for us. There's, there's maybe a perhaps that you need to step into. There's maybe something that God is encouraging you to move forward in. 
And right now, just, just take this moment just to respond to him. What's he speaking to you about? What's he speaking to you about? Thank you, Father. Father, I just thank you that even as we, in one sense, workshop something, that we find you moving among us. And you're so wonderful and you're so present with us. And we love, oh God, this, just even this moment to be before our holy, holy, holy God. And to find you welcoming us in and, and saying, no, come close, come close. Don't be at a distance. And Father, we want to be close. We want to be near to you. And we want to step from that place into all that you are calling us to. We want to be bold. We want to live in this freedom that you have won for us, Lord Jesus. So, Holy Spirit, I just ask you for each one of us now that there'd be a real sense of uh, even being able to, to, to go from this place now to step into that which you have for us outside of this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. I hope that was helpful for you in terms of just observing that process, being part of that process. Um, uh, so helpful to have uh, the inter the the just Dave leading us through the tongue and just expressing that difference between tongue and prophecy. It is my experience that so often when a tongue comes, uh, it, it it's almost like a, a catalyst for the prophetic. Uh, I, I don't know whether it's that uh, suddenly it's like there's this moment in the meeting where it's like, ooh, something's got to happen now and somebody's got to do something. And, and it's like people start to tune in. Uh, but there is something wonderful about that. And so uh, often we find that the, the prophetic uh, really goes along with tongues and interpretation. And Paul says to the Corinthians, listen, if you're going to have uh, tongue, uh, uh, no, not if you're going to have, have tongues and interpretation, no more than three. And when was the last time you had a meeting in which you had three tongues and three interpretations? Um, so I think we tend to back off these things way too much. And so uh, as, you, as we finish, uh, my encouragement is let's press into these things and find God uh, doing more of this among us. So our time is up, but thank you all so much for being with us. And uh, we trust that uh, God will bless you as you go and seek to work these things out in your local churches. Wonderful. Thank you.